Hey, you. Hey, hey, come over here for a sec. You're looking for the latest NFL news, some Brit Ball action, and all the fantasy updates and betting that you could ever want? I've got just for the thing for you, buddy. It's called the full 10 yards. What do I want for this? Nah, nothing. Just don't tell him I told you. Now go on, get out of here before the cops show up. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. We welcome you into the Full 10 Yards Podcast, Tuesday, the 31st of July. August and football is nearly upon us, folks. Hope you're all doing very well indeed. Today before you, we have a great show. We've got NSC North uh, talk, but more importantly, we've got Minnesota Vikings action. Um, on today on the podcast, we've got Mika Packer, one of my former colleagues uh, back in the days of Coral. Uh, very knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But before we do, a couple of bits to get through. Um, Des Bryant, um, if you haven't seen it already, his Twitter timeline is worth a good read. So get the popcorn out. Um, basically calling out some of the Dallas, uh, some of the Dallas guys there, calling Sean Lee, Sean Lee a snake. Um, and this is coming from a guy that can't seem to find another team to sign for. Obviously rejected the Ravens. Um, obviously touted that he might be going to the Browns. Obviously with all the Josh Gordon stuff going on, which could be potentially going somewhere but again you know Des Bryant not doing himself any favours to finding himself a new team uh, and as I mentioned Josh Gordon uh, is on the NFI list um, basically he's, he's by the sounds of it he looks like he's just taking a bit of time away don't know if there's any triggers um, for you know re- recurring or relapses of his mental health so he's been advised or he's actually he's, he's on the NFI list so Taking a bit of time out of football, how long he'll be out for, I am not too sure. A bit more uh, closer to home, uh, the GB Lions are currently playing in Finland. I think they have a game tonight. Um, just as I, I think they're playing just as uh, we are recording. I'm certainly recording this. Um, but with the Brett Ball in general, going to be talking to a lot of coaches from Sunday uh, through to Tuesday, Wednesday time and what I'll do is I'll post on the website all the teams that I'm talking to and also you know who it is, who is the player or coach um, so that you can get in, get in touch with us, submit your questions to them. It'd be really, really good if we can get you to download the Voice by app, download or you know, click on the links on my social media at Full Ten Yards, where you, it's literally two or three clicks. You can submit a small voice question, or similarly, you can submit a question to us on social media, and we will post those questions to those players or coaches. We also have a guy that also deals with the administration uh, side of things, so you know, scheduling referees. So, any any of you guys out there that play Britball or you know, uh, who are a fan of the, of certain teams, again, check the website for those teams. Going everywhere from Edinburgh Wolves to East Kilbride up in the north, uh, and then all the way you know down to Sheffield, down to Tamworth, uh, and everywhere in between as well. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to get some questions to put to them, uh, and like I say, they will be posted uh, not next week, but the week after uh, all of those those interviews. Very much looking forward to that. And just again on the, on the on Britball, uh, went to my first training session uh, last week. Um, first time I've ever played American football, thought I'd try it out. There's a new team starting up here uh, in Scotland. Can't divulge too much at this moment, but very much enjoyed it. 
uh, there's pictures on my Facebook page on my personal uh, my personal account. I don't think it's there's so much on associated with the full ten yards. But say if you know me or you have me as a friend, check those out. Really enjoyed it. Hurt myself and I am thoroughly aching still two days later. But that's nothing that a Radox muscle soak bath can't handle. Back to today's show. Like I say, we will be talking Minnesota Vikings predominantly. Uh, we're going to be talking a bit of fantasy football as well, um, but, and also a bit of NFC North flitted in there as well. And we um, we are joined by Mika Packer. Um, so we're going to get into it. Okay, so time to talk Minnesota Vikings. It's time to talk NFC North. I have my Randy Moss Minnesota Vikings jersey on, and we're joined today by <laughs> <laughs> we're joined by Mika, uh, who is an old friend of mine. Used to work with him back in the day uh, for Corals, and those long day those days are long behind us now. But Mika, how are you doing, buddy? Are you okay? I'm doing very well, Tim. How are you? It's been too long. It has. Yes, I, I, was, I was trying to remember. I was in. Uh, I was in the bath. I wasn't thinking of you in the bath. That's that's already started. Really. That's already started. <laughs> yeah, good way to start. <laughs> that's already started really badly. But I, I was I was thinking uh, about the time that we obviously met up for one of the interna- international series games, and I couldn't quite remember. That's right. Which game was it? Was it Patriots game? No, I think it was it was Cowboys Jaguars, wasn't it? Oh yes, was that was it? it. Yeah, I can't remember. It was the Cowboys because yeah, you were yeah because you're, you're a Cowboys fan. That's how I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. Was it wasn't much of a match. Uh, you guys throttled them. But um, no. it'd, be, it'd be a different game this season, I think. Yeah, it certainly would. Yeah. It would be a very good game this season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy our chances too much. But um, no, yeah. no. But um, yeah, so let's, let's obviously uh, that's the that's for another podcast anyway. That, that, people people listen to my rants enough about Dallas. But um, <laughs> let's move on to y- yourself. Uh, obviously, you are a Minnesota Vikings fan. Obviously, that's why you're here. Just yep. give an insight into how you got into the game. Obviously, your your strong English accent obviously shows that uh, you yeah. may have, you may have watched it a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've picked up the accent just by watching NFL, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I um, yeah, I am Canadian, so we actually play a different brand of football in Canada. I don't know if your listeners know, but uh, Canadian football rules are a little bit different. So I grew up uh, playing football a little bit differently. It was uh, three-down football. Yeah. The ball's bigger, the field's wider and longer, more players, etc. A whole bunch of kind of uh, wacky rules compared to the NFL stuff. Um, but never a huge CFL fan. Uh, from Toronto, so that's not really a CFL hotbed. That's kind of more the, <laughs> the western side of the country. So uh, I mean, we have we have other teams that definitely uh, steal the spotlight in terms of our our hockey and basketball and baseball teams. The first season I really remember watching them and getting into football, I guess, was was '98, where they drafted Randy Moss and the team happened to go 15 and one that season so it was a good a good year to sort of jump on the bandwagon and adopt <laughs> them i guess back then um you know you only you didn't get as many games as you get now with red zone and all that so it's kind of whatever nah. teams were on tv at the time yeah um and you know the, the big team the big team that season was the vikings and moss was kind of the star of the league as a rookie uh, i think he scored 17 touchdowns as a rookie so uh yeah so i kind of jumped on then uh, i guess i was 10 11 years old uh and then yeah just sort of follow them the whole way through a whole lot of heartbreak nice. so yeah i mean yeah. i watched a bit of uh, cfo yesterday i think it was hamilton versus whoever they were playing can't remember who mm-hmm. um okay. but one thing i noticed actually about cfo you might be able to enlighten me what how comes um quite a lot of the, the wide receivers run forward as the ball snapped yeah, yeah. So you're allowed, uh, you're allowed stuff like that. You're allowed multiple people in motion before the snap. You're allowed to actually run towards the line of scrimmage before the snap. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of the rules of the game. Um, there's a lot of just little things different, different yeah. uh, than the NFL with that. So I think it kind of encourages higher scoring, actually. Yeah. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, so that, that's just kind of one of the little things. Hamilton, <laughs> historically, they have not been a very good team, although they have a decent fan base. Um, but they recently traded away uh, one Johnny Manziel they did, to yeah. uh, the end to the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, so we'll see what he can do in the CFL and maybe revive his career. Mm. Um, there's been there's been some good quarterbacks come from the CFL. Uh, Doug Flutie being probably the best one. He's probably the best player to ever play in the CFL. Mm. But I don't I don't know if I fancy uh, Manziel's chances. <laughs> no. No, certainly not. Um, well, so you usually get one chance, and that's usually about it. You don't usually get a second chance um, in the NFL. Yeah, but exactly. hopefully, hopefully, he'll play well enough to. Because I think he's touted to be one of the maybe the starting quarterback there. Uh, well, he should. I mean, they gave up enough for him that he he needs to be the starter. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't they didn't give them all that just for him to be a backup. So uh, I think I think their plan is for him to play really really well, and then maybe he gets a shot at the NFL, maybe not. But yeah. he's got to get his act together. Really, this is his last shot. So yeah. we'll see what he does. Yeah. Okay. So back to Vikings. Then, so obviously, uh, like I say, there you picked him when they were on the fifteen and one season. Obviously, that's what maybe one of their best better seasons. But last season was was obviously great as well. But just want to pick out a couple of moments, good and bad, for following the Vikings over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of best moments, um, I mean, there was one from this past season. Obviously, the Minnesota Miracle was one that obviously got me on my feet. Uh, the catch from Diggs yeah. and a funny story around that actually, because obviously with the time difference, it's a little bit tough generally to stay awake uh for for playoff games yeah. um but then this this game happened to be i was actually in bulgaria skiing so it was another two hours ahead Oof. so i was just i was just streaming the game at around 2 a.m i think i started or something like that it was just a dark little bedroom there uh on my own my girlfriend was in the room but i was trying not to wake her as i was getting very excited by around 4 or 5 a.m whenever <laughs> whenever the actual uh catch happens yeah uh so unfortunately i had to be a little bit restrained uh restrained in that one but um Another good one was I, I actually attended a game in uh, 2010. I went to uh, New York and I saw them a Monday Night Football game uh, against the Jets. And uh, what made that one special was that was when they had uh, Brett Favre on the team. Oh, and, nice! And um, that was that was also the season where they actually got, uh, if you remember, they got Randy Moss back for just a cup of coffee there. Uh, I think <laughs> about four games he played. He played for them. Uh, and they, yeah. So I saw Favre actually uh, throw a touchdown pass to Randy Moss, which I think is pretty historic. Uh, two future Hall of Famers, um, you know, some of the two of the best at their position. Yeah, nice. And that was a 500th uh, touchdown pass by by Brett Favre in his mm -hmm. career. So yeah. that was a really good moment. Unfortunately, the Vikings lost that game, but uh, still a great moment. So yeah, nice. And then, um, uh, and then in terms of heartbreak, I mean, there's been there's been a fair few. Uh, where do I even start? Um, I mean, I guess the most recent one is that Philadelphia loss. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I did fancy our chances in that one. Um, early on, I could just sort of see, even when Philly wasn't scoring, it was just they were dropping passes. It wasn't particularly good defense uh, by the Vikings, and yeah. it, the, the wheels just came off really early, and there was just no getting back into it. And it reminded me, actually, of, of kind of my first traumatic Vikings moment, which was... Um, their NFC Championship loss to the uh, the Giants, where they lost forty one nothing, and that was uh, I was I was quite young then, and I think when you're young, you take these things a lot harder, and you just sort of assume that your team is gonna go out there and just at least put up a fight, if not win, if not win the game, and a forty one nothing humiliating defeat to the to the Giants, who would then go on to lose the Super Bowl to uh, the Ravens. Yeah, uh, that wasn't that wasn't a great a great feeling, and then there's and then there's also the uh, the missed kick. By Blair Walsh a few seasons back, uh, <laughs> you remember that one? I think a 27-yard field goal that he just completely shanked, uh, and then he went on to sign with the Seahawks. So that was against the Seahawks. So that was a nice little uh, 
traitorous <laughs> moment, perhaps. Yeah, but nice. uh, yeah, so that's just the kind of the three off the top of my head that I can that I can think of. Cool. So, do you have any? Um, obviously, you've had some stellar some stellar players at Minnesota, including obviously Randy Moss. But have you got any like favorite players maybe that go a bit under the radar? Ooh, under the radar. I mean, in the top two would be kind of the two obvious ones. Randy Moss was the one that kind of got me into football. I think I consider him to be the second best receiver of all time. Uh, obviously, uh, Jerry Rice is number one, but the best deep threat of all time, I would say, is Moss. And to any of your listeners who haven't, maybe they're newer to football and aren't too familiar with Randy Moss, I recommend just going on YouTube and watching some he's highlight a, reels because he, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, unlike unlike any player I've ever seen. Um, and then the other one was, you know, despite his off-field issues, um, Adrian Peterson, just as a pure player, yeah. um, I think is certainly, uh, you know, I, I consider him one of the top five running backs of all time. Mm. Um, and he was a phenomenal uh, Viking, especially when he came back after a torn ACL uh, to rush for 2,000 yards and win, win the MVP. Yeah. So those are kind of two, I mean, obviously they're not really under the radar, no. but sort of two of the players, uh, two, two of my favorite players mm. there. Uh, in terms of under the radar, I mean, uh, not that he was so much under the radar, but I always kind of liked Jared Allen. I thought he was a good personality yeah, yeah. Uh, when he came across. Um, right now on the team, uh, I'm a big Kyle Rudolph fan. Mm. Um, maybe we can touch on him a little bit later when it comes to fantasy fantasy purposes. I kind of like him as a little bit of a sleeper. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, um, it, it, it's too tough to call, really, in terms of a real sleeper Viking. But those mm. two, Moss and, Moss and Peterson, are the ones that mm. kind of stand out in terms yeah. of all time uh, yeah. while I've been watching them. Yeah, what did you what did you make of Peterson last season? Obviously, he didn't really get much of a go in uh, New Orleans. It was kind of a muddy, really muddy backfield. But obviously, he showed showed glimpses of his, his former self uh, in Arizona. But how how did you what do you what do you think? Do you think obviously I don't think he'll sign again this season for for a team uh-huh. in particular. But what did you make of him last season? Well, yeah, it's sad because both kind of both Moss and Peterson. You know, I say they're two of my favorite Vikings. They both ended in messy breakups with the team. Yeah, um, I was you know it was sad to see Peterson go, but. At the same time, you know, it was time for him to go. And in a lot of ways, he was slowing down the, uh, the Minnesota offense that we, that we sort of saw this year, what they could do when they weren't relying on uh, giving him the ball. Um, he was, he, I thought he was an odd fit in, in uh, New Orleans to begin with. That isn't the way they play. And then you see once he left, that opened the door to uh, Alvin Kamara. And, yeah. that, you know, that, you know, you saw what happened there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he did have that first game in Arizona, which was really good to see that he had a bounce back game and then I remember on fantasy everyone going crazy picking up Peterson <laughs> and yeah. I remember dropping Peterson actually because I think I drafted him in a team yeah. I ended up dropping him and then he had that, that game against or uh, with Arizona his first game I forget who he played now but everyone picked him up I'm like oh damn I, uh, I really messed this one up one of my favorite <laughs> players and he's going to have a great season but then he uh, came back to earth he's, he's 33 years old he's, he's suffered his injuries as much of a physical freak as he is you know yeah. it's obviously over for him but yeah. Um, yeah I mean it was nice that at least he had that one good game in Arizona yeah it, it kind of struck me as a case of obviously like it was just time to, time to move on you know the, the game kind of wasn't the same as when he obviously first died they don't really make running backs like him anymore and um, no. yeah you could kind of see it's, it's kind of like Jose Mourinho at Manchester United it's kind of like you know he's still playing on what he did 10 years ago and still expecting it to work but yeah like yeah. I said I don't think he'll be with the team this season but yeah it's, it's a shame sometimes that great players like that kind of have really bad well not really bad but indifferent last seasons and it kind of just takes the gloss off a, off a great career yeah it's very it's, it's a good point um, the last couple seasons really of his career if you had taken those away he would have finished his career and I know it's just an arbitrary number but he would have finished his career with um, an average of five yards per carry which mm. is quite um, in terms of all time numbers you know that that's sort of the, the pinnacle if yeah. you're if your average can start with a five I don't think there's too many uh, 
besides Jim Brown, I don't think too many running backs who can say that. So I think he's going to finish with a 4.8 or something, which, again, I still put him kind of in the top five. Yeah. I'm a little biased, but, yeah. you know, a great season, you're right, but, uh, but or, sorry, a great career, but uh, the last couple of seasons sure, certainly take a bit of a shine off that. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Vikings last season, obviously, 13-3, number two seed. Uh, again, we won't maybe dwell too much on the on the championship game lost to, to Philadelphia. Although I will, yeah. I will say one thing, I remember, I remember watching that, and the first couple of series... Minnesota actually looked quite dominant, but then I think there was a big play, there was a big drive for Philadelphia, which kind of just shell-shocked them a little bit, and then they just kind of went into the shell, yeah. and then they just got kind of overrun. But, um, I mean, did, did, did you yeah. see the, 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 the season was a success, obviously, getting to the, was it expected to get to the championship game in your eyes? Uh, I mean, I wasn't, I think, a 13-3 season. I was I was sort of going in there maybe maybe 10-6, and six, sneak in with a wild card, um, obviously taking out, um, Aaron Rodgers quite early on obviously yeah. opened up the uh, yeah. the NFC North. Uh, it was a better team than I expected, especially when when you think that um, losing both the starting running back and starting quarterback so early on in the season yeah. um, to to overcome that sort of adversity, you, you, you have to call that season a success. Yeah, uh, and you know the only one that that outdid them was Philly, who had to go through their own sort of injury uh, troubles, and mm. they won the whole thing. But it just it just kind of goes to show what what depth and what um, perseverance can can sort of prove in the NFL that yeah. you can you can go very far, even if your roster is different than it was you know September first. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, yeah, just obviously, Case Keenum obviously took over from uh, Sam Bradford's. Uh, his knees were were crumbling. Um, mm-hmm. Case Keenum obviously is now elsewhere, and we'll come to the off season shortly in a moment. But uh, like I say, yeah, losing your main quarterback, losing your main running back. I thought the Murray and McKinnon tandem, whilst they didn't really fire both at the same time, they both kind of had their own little spurts, and I suppose that elevated them a little bit to the thirteen and three. And obviously, you know, a division without Aaron Rodgers, you, you, I suppose at that point you were expecting a kind, a kind of a, a divisional win, I suppose, because Detroit never really. Kind of, uh, they yeah. kind of flattered to deceive a little bit, but you know, once once Rogers is out of Green Bay, it makes the division a, a, a lot easier. But I, th- I don't think it'll be the case this season. This season, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, I guess that's the difference with with Green Bay. I mean, they terrify me, especially when uh, when when Rogers is healthy. But you see what happens when Rogers goes down. And it's sort of similar to to Indianapolis Colts, really. Without without Locke, there's really just the, the pieces aren't there around them. Whereas other teams. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bradford is nowhere near the level of Rogers, but Bradford goes down and uh, and Keenum steps up, and, and you see what happens there. And then yeah. the same thing, same thing in Philadelphia with Foles stepping up. So it's just Green Bay. I don't I don't consider the Packers to be a great team. I think they're they're a team with with a generational talent. Yeah, and it just really is. It'd be interesting to see what what how how they finish this year. Really, they they always frighten me with Rogers in the lineup, but. Um, yeah, again, what, when you remove him, I mean, you, you saw what happened there. They they were one of the worst teams in football. So yeah, yeah. all it takes is one hit, and uh, the season can really change. Yeah, I mean, certainly certainly even going into this season, there seems to be a couple of question marks, a couple of positions. Um, I think they've obviously tied up the defence, but um, we'll talk about those a bit later on. But so obviously in the off-season, uh, the big marquee signing, uh, quarterback Kirk Cousins coming over from Washington, Sheldon Richardson uh, mm-hmm. on the on the defence, obviously in free agency as well. What did you, did you make of Kirk Cousins coming over? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of controversy around that, wasn't there? Because just because of the the actual contract itself, this is sort of a um, uh, a record-setting contract in the sense of how much guaranteed money he's actually getting. Yeah. Um, but in terms of American sports, you know, a lot NFL is essentially the only sport where the uh, very little of the money is guaranteed. Um, so this is in in many ways sort of a precedent could be a precedent-setting uh, mm. contract yeah. if we see other teams starting to copy this. 
Um, but I think it's it's the move that, that I think had to be done for, for the Vikings. I think it's an aggressive move. Um, I think they see that their window is this season, and um, maybe they didn't think that any of their quarterback could actually could actually get them there. Uh, they needed an upgrade there. Um, yeah, I mean, Keenum, if, if you look at the numbers between Cousins and Keenum, it, it is going to be an upgrade for the Vikings. Uh, I just had a few written down here in terms of Cousins, his completion percentage, 65.5%. Keenum 61.9, these are career numbers. Uh, Cousins 93.7 quarterback rating. Keenum 86 uh, rating. Uh, and then more touchdowns, more yards per game, more yards per attempt, all that. So it's, it, he, it is an upgrade. It just comes down to is he worth that sort of $83 million for, for three years guarantee. Mm-hmm. But you have to take a shot. And the concerning thing about the Vikings is there's a lot of, in terms of the contract, um, in terms of how the contracts break down. Uh, this is maybe the year for them because after this year in 2019, there's there's quite a few key players whose contracts are up, uh, the likes of uh, Brian Robeson, uh, Sheldon Richardson, obviously just signed that one-year deal. Uh, Stephon Diggs is up after this season, and Anthony Barr. So um, they're not going to be able to resign all of them. Um, if it's if it's me, hopefully Barr should be the the, the key one of those guys to sign. Um, but again, someone's going to walk. The team will probably take a. a a small step back in 2019 mm-hmm. so 2018 is sort of their window here and i think you know their their rationale is that it's a better shot with cousins than it was with keenan yeah absolutely i didn't really i didn't realize uh stefan diggs was was in the contract year, year either but uh, i'm currently working on an article about uh, contract year guys but um yeah i mean you know wide receivers can be kind of replaceable i suppose and like you say the other players there maybe a, a, a bit less so I do think uh, be interesting to see how Cousins handles the handles the pressure. Pressure. I do think though, you know, there'll predominantly be a, I don't know, maybe a run first in in Dalvin Cook. Maybe uh, I know that obviously you've got Thielen and, and Diggs there, but yeah. I, I don't really know much further behind those. I mean, just Jerius Wright is Jerius Wright and Laquan Treadwell still there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe he still is. I mean, I think it's really the thing with Cousins is he's he loves uh, tight ends he does, back yeah. in. Um, Back in Washington um, with Jordan Reed, I mean, whenever Reed was actually healthy and on the field, he was always a guy that uh, I loved to own in fantasy because he, mm. when healthy, I think was a top five, if not top three, tight end. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with a lot of that had to do with Cousins. So his numbers are actually, if you if you look at the numbers, Cousins' numbers are a lot better when there's actually two tight ends on the field uh, as opposed to if there's one or zero. So um, I think Kyle Rudolph, I'm bringing that name up again. Uh, should be in line for for a uh, a big season this year, and I think he'll probably be the number three um, behind behind Thielen and Diggs and whatever order you want to put those two in. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Thielen's a funny one because he, as great of a year as he had, I just wonder how much of that was just chemistry with with Keenum. It seemed mm. like a lot of that was just sort of Keenum scrambling to get out of trouble, and somehow Thielen was wide open down the field. Yeah. Um, that's not to take anything away from Thielen, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can replicate what he did last season this year. And Diggs is always a, um, a frustrating one because the, you just see so much talent. And he's quite young still, and he can still get better. But he's very much a boomer bust sort yeah. of receiver. Um, he can have games where he breaks it wide open and you know scores 130 uh, 130 yards and two touchdowns, and then he'll go three games with doing really very little. Mm. Um, but I agree. I think it. It, it'll probably be more of a running. I think it'll be a balance. Um, yeah, the running, the running game with Alvin Cook and and um, and Murray will should should still be good. And then with Cousins there, it should be an upgrade at quarterback. So I imagine a, a pretty balanced offense. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. I, I think I think um, everyone obviously coming in. There's been quite a lot of talk about obviously Cousins and needing to be. This, that, or the other. But again, you know, they, they're going to run the ball first, and when they need to, obviously they brought they brought. 
uh, Kirk Cousins in to make plays when he when he has to. Um, like, yeah, I agree. Adam mm-hmm. Thielen, obviously, Adam Thielen came into the game quite late as well. I think he's twenty seven or so, and he's only really had obviously last yeah. year he burst onto the scene. Um, Stefan Diggs, I saw a nice clip of him in training camp yesterday, making a nice catch over the shoulder, um, and he's a guy that I I like uh, a lot this year. But like I say, yeah, he's very he's very boomer. I see. I suppose he's kind of a seventy five percent Tyreek Hill uh, kind of guy. I suppose if you have to compare him to someone, in my opinion, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, dra- yeah, draft, I yeah, draft wise, uh, Mike Hughes obviously was was their their first pick. Um, not not really too aware of any of the other names there, so I don't know what your thoughts were on their draft. Yeah, so I um, yeah, I mean, we could, we could start with Mike Hughes. I mean, that that that's a very, very typical Vikings move to yeah. take a, a defensive back in the first round. Uh, they did that with Xavier Rose. They did that with Trey Waynes. Um, so. It's it's essentially upgrading it, it's upgrading an area of strength for them. There's a little bit, I guess, a little bit of um, controversy there was was or a little bit of d- debate, I should say, is whether they should have taken a um, an offensive offensive lineman because mm-hmm. that seemed to be the area of need for the Vikings. Uh, but they chose instead to to upgrade the secondary. It'll be interesting to see what impact he actually has this year. Um, from what I've read, it sounds as though he might challenge for one of the nickel corner positions. Okay. Um, he'll also probably be returning punts and kickoffs. Uh, he was quite good at that in college, so that's an area where they can certainly improve. Mm. Um, but but similar to many Vikings players, he also had off field issues. Um, so Vikings are sort of one of, one of those teams that uh, don't mind with if a guy comes with a bit of an assault charge in his in his background. <laughs> uh, Kind of similar, similar to the Raiders or your Cowboys, even. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of willing to willing to look the look the other way at the talent is there. Someone's going to drop, you know, ten ten spots because of a of a charge in college. Mm. Um, Vikings are definitely historically been one of those teams that are willing to take a chance on the guy. So it sounds like a fair bit of skill there. How much he's actually going to impact in terms of the secondary this year remains to be seen. But on the special teams, he should have an impact, and yeah. uh, maybe uh, he can push some of the other corners uh, in terms of coming into training camp as well to up their games. Um, mm. In terms of the other guys, in terms of who to look out for, uh, again, I'm not a college football expert by any means, but as any uh, loyal NFL fan does after your team's completed the draft, is you do a little bit of homework on, on the players that they drafted. Mm-hmm. And just two guys uh, jump out to me, and uh, one is Tyler Conklin. Uh, he's a uh, tight end at a Central Michigan, so they took him uh, with their fifth-round pick, uh, 157th overall. And as I was, uh, as I was saying earlier, Earlier, Cousins loves loves to throw the tight ends. He's very good with two tight ends in the set, so that's uh, he'll be the second one um, behind Rudolph, of course. Um, so interesting stat here: Vikings actually used multiple tight ends, uh, six most in the NFL last season. Nice. But Rudolph accounted for eighty-two uh, percent of all tight end yardage for the Vikings. So they, while they had two tight ends there, it was still Rudolph they were throwing to. Yeah. So there's certainly a window there, I think, for that second tight end to to get his uh, his catches, and he was a good receiving tight end in college and a good blocking tight end so yeah. uh, we'll see what he can do uh, and then a the new offensive coordinator um, from the Browns uh, when he was there when he was there uh, this is uh, DeFilippo when he was there or DeFilippo I don't know how to say it but the Browns <laughs> uh, when he was there with the Browns in 2015 uh, do you remember Gary Barnage because he was <gasps> sort of a uh, the barnyard dog uh, <laughs> exactly, the barnyard dog he was yeah a little fantasy darling for that one season there yeah. and uh and that's basically that. That's basically all down to the offensive coordinator. So he had 79 receptions, uh, over a thousand yards, and nine touchdowns, and he made the Pro Bowl that year. And two years later, he was out of the league. Yeah. So it certainly might have a bit of a, but might have a bit of a Midas touch when it comes to uh, the tight ends there. Nice. Uh, and then the other one would be, uh, oddly enough, as as much as it's not very sexy to talk about kickers, so they drafted a kicker uh, just ten spots later, also in the fifth round. Um, 
a guy named Daniel Carlson from uh, Auburn. So they, the Vikings did re-sign Kai Forbath uh, to a one-year extension, um, but Forbath missed, he missed six field goals last year and five uh, PATs, so not very good. No. Um, his 87% on PATs uh, was a 31st in the NFL. <laughs> so again, I don't, I don't think his job would be safe. He's down to one-year contract. I wouldn't be surprised if this Carlson, um, you know, starts week four or five if Forbath is struggling, even if he's not. So something for 2019, at least we have a kicker there that uh, comes from a big school, which I like in the SEC. So he's used to playing in front of big crowds and big stadiums. Um, he made 12 field goals from 50-plus yards at his time in college. So he's got a big leg. And he sent 156 of 222 kickoffs uh, through the end zone for touchbacks. So, again, a big leg on this kid. Mm. Um, he can he, he, He's used to playing in front of big crowds, big pressure guys. So nice. I kind of like that. I, I know it's just a kicker, but uh, every little bit helps. So see what happens. Well, if, you are, if you are some people, kickers obviously matter, but um, maybe not fancy so much. But um, <laughs> let's move on to 2018 <laughs> then. So, obviously, Pat Shermer obviously is out the door. Um, just a, a couple of other things I, I would just want to get your kind of thoughts on. Um we mentioned it before, obviously, all the quarterbacks uh, have obviously left, but all three, I was, I was a bit surprised all three left, um, especially Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he kind of had a special connection there with Minnesota. Um, and obviously, Jarrett McKinnon has now got a big pay deal in uh, San Francisco. So, yeah, just a, two of those. Obviously, were you surprised that all the quarterbacks, obviously, Trevor, Trevor Simeon has come over uh, to w- w- warm the bench yeah. uh, from Denver yeah. and Jarrett McKinnon again out. Obviously, that's not really too much of a miss because obviously Davin Cook's coming back and you still have Latavius Murray. But what were your thoughts on those two kind of storylines? Yeah, so I am, I was always a big Jared McKinnon fan. But um, like you said, I, I, I feel like Davin Cook is just essentially, uh, he can do what McKinnon does, but just at a higher level. Um, he, Cook that is, I think he was, lead, I believe he was leading the league in rushing, albeit a small sample size before he got hurt last yeah, year. So yeah. I think there's certainly a lot of upside there. Uh, whereas Murray is a different kind of back. He's more of a power back. He's more of a give it to the goal line yeah. um, sort of guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see McKinnon go, but at the same time, the Vikings weren't weren't going to be able to pay him the same money that San Francisco offered him. I think it was four years, thirty million. Uh, yeah. There's no there's no need to pay that to a guy if he's only getting you know eight to ten touches a game. Yeah, were you, su- uh, were you surprised there. at how big that deal was? Um, I, I guess I guess to a certain extent I was because it's a league that seems to be sort of. Moving, I don't want to say away from the running back, but it's becoming a bit less important, let's say, to have that sort of big stud running back on your team. A lot of it is by running back by committee. Um, but at the same time, I guess it's sort of the way the league is going is is less of the traditional, um, you know, through the tackles sort of running back, and it is kind of more what McKinnon has to offer, which is a little bit of a scat back in the, in the backfield and yeah. catch passes and, uh, you know, do, do, do all that. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just what the market um, set for him. Um, I don't think you know, I don't know if they overpaid or what, but um, you know, I think San Francisco is certainly on a team on the way up. Yeah, and McKinnon should help them there. So, um, especially working with uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll see if they have any chemistry together in the backfield. So, yeah, you know, Kyle Shanahan obviously get quite yeah. a lot out of him. It was, just, it was just surprising for me to give him that much. I think he's like one of the top five paid court, uh, running backs obviously at this moment, but. Uh, he, you know, he's never he's never had shouldered a full workload. He's, you know, he's built exactly the same as Devonta Freeman. I think if I if I can recall my previous podcasts that I've listened to, but uh, yeah, he's, he's obviously not a big household name. So maybe it's just weird to assign him, you know, seven and a half million a year 
to, to someone that you know who's not really proven with a with a full workload. I mean, you've only got Matt Brader there uh, with him, so and Joe Williams. It's just interesting to see that obviously Kyle Shanahan's kind of chosen him and picked him as kind of their their guy. Um, but we'll see obviously how that that all kind of goes out that plays out. Yeah, I, no, I didn't realize that he was uh, in terms of in terms of pay uh, no. that high up. So yeah. yeah, that is that is certainly surprising for me. Yeah. yeah, quick one on on the quarterback situation. Of course, yeah, I was surprised to see all three of them. All three of the guys go. Um, that was sort of the big discussion in the offseason. And to be honest, as a Vikings fan, it was they. It, I saw them all as just sort of average quarterbacks. I didn't yeah. um, really see a huge difference between all three of them. Um, I guess you know, Bradford is the type of guy that maybe I would choose out of the three if they were healthy. But the problem with Bradford is he's never healthy. So I hope you know. Uh, Arizona fans enjoy him for the four and a half games they'll get him for four and a half snaps uh, in terms of the game. <laughs> yeah, in terms of his game management, there. You know, there's all this all this buzz and controversy around uh, Colin Kaepernick. I wouldn't have you know minded if the Vikings just took a chance on him just to see what what there was there. If you're mm-hmm. gonna let all all three guys go, you're not gonna he's not gonna ask for 83 million over three years like Cousins. No. You see what you get from him. Maybe even just sign him as a backup just to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and still get cousins, but either way, I mean, this is a guy that you know, love him or hate him, he did he did go take a team to the Super Bowl before. Yeah. Um, and there was that one season where he did show that that rookie year, he did show you know a lot of promise, and obviously, uh, he's had he's had his difficulties on the field since then. But I think it's you know I don't want to get too political here, but I no. think it's mainly off the field stuff yeah. that is keeping him from playing football. I don't think it's due to lack of skill. I no. think it's hard to believe that. He's not one of the you know sixty four best uh, quarterbacks in football. I think that's that's no. a bit outrageous. So, so what what do you obviously last season you weren't really expecting to get as far as you did, and you know you've got obviously the big money signing uh, of of Cousins. So, what kind of is it uh, successful in your opinion for for the Vikings this year? I suppose it's going at least as far as they did last year. Yeah, well, it's crazy to say, but I think given that there are contracts expiring after this year I think um, with with the big quarterback signing I really do think that it, it is Super Bowl um, expectations this year um, it's a shame that Minnesota is not hosting the Super Bowl again this year that would have been <laughs> a dream scenario last year but um, yeah at, at least go to the NFC Championship uh, if not the Super Bowl and if not win it I think I think on the AFC side of things it's I think the Patriots time is sort of um, it, it might be over I mean the They'll still make the playoffs and still win their division, but I don't think they're the dominant force that they they were. Mm. Um, I think the NFC is the stronger side. I think if you can make it to the NFC, you have um, you should be the favorite in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say that um, that that's what success is. Um, saying that, I just took a glance at their schedule, and it is a horrendous schedule for the Vikings. Um, yeah, first, to, to, especially to start the season. Yeah, I mean, the first uh, I've got it written down here in front of me as well. Their first three first three away is at Green Bay, at uh, the Rams, and at Philadelphia. It's quite, pretty brutal. It's very brutal. Um, actually, I think I have it. I have it here somewhere, but I, I can easily see them going kind of two and. Two and three to start the season. Do you have the schedule for me? Yeah, I've got so first seven. I've got home to San Francisco, obviously to open up. I think they'll batter San Francisco um, at Green Bay, home to Buffalo, at Rams, at Eagles, home to Arizona, and away to the Jets. First seven. Right. Yeah. So I mean that that to me that seems like hope. You know, it could be four and two, or sorry, four and three. Uh, hopefully five and two out of that. Um, but yeah, San Francisco. I mean, you say you say. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I quite share your confidence. I think um, I remember a couple seasons ago, the Vikings opened against San Francisco back when San Francisco was supposed to be horrible, and uh, the Niners gave them quite a thrashing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so again, it's it's a tough start, but I think the last three games, um, it's a bit easier in, in some sort of order. It's against, I think, Miami, Chicago, and Detroit, so yeah. it does ease up in those yeah. last few. Yeah, no, um, I, I mean, I've got yeah, them... So I, I've got them five. I've got them five and two first two games, uh, five, first seven games. They'll probably lose one or two of those away games: Green Bay, Rams, and Philly. I can't can't see why you can't yeah. come away two and one out of those. But um. yeah, I had them. I mean, maybe a little bit pessimistic, but I had them twelve and four, but um, still winning, still winning the division. Mm. Um, I've got them eleven I had and the Packers at eleven and five to, yeah. to, get, to get a welcome. Yeah, no, I've, I've got. Um, I just I quickly went before the podcast went through. I've got them at, uh, Minnesota at eleven and five too. So. They should they, again, okay. again. They should be expecting double-digit wins, and they should be expecting. You know, I, I would have thought maybe. Uh, I was going to say a first week bye there, but the, you know, like I say, the NFC is so stacked this year. You know, if you if you get through to the playoffs, it's going to be such, such uh, a difficult one to even get a, a, a first round bye because you've obviously got like you got the likes of Philadelphia, the Rams. The Rams should have a high win total this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you know, even if they yeah. have to play week one of the playoffs, I, I, I would assume it'd be at home. No, it's gonna be yeah. In that in that first first round buy is uh, is is always key. I'm just looking at the the betting odds right now for the Super Bowl, and um, so Minnesota's actually they're twelve to one. Uh, so we'll just go in order here. So New England's five to one. Uh, Philly's nine to one. Packers ten to one. Rams ten to one. Steelers ten to one. And Vikings twelve to one. And then your Dallas Cowboys twenty to one. Yeah. Jacksonville twenty to one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone in there that 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 you like you like there? Because the funny thing is, the Vikings they're twelve to one. Um, the Packers are ten to one. But then when you actually look at the, the division, um, Vikings are a slight favorite ahead of the Packers. So I don't know yeah. if they think if they make the playoffs, it just comes down to Rodgers taking them to the Super Bowl or mm. or how that works. But yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, potentially. I yeah, mean, so. no, I'm I'm all aboard the Chargers this season. Although the another injury happened yesterday, so. Mm, the Chargers, so twenty-two to one. The Chargers right now, mm. so it could be some good value there. Love the Chargers. I just um, think it's. I worth... just think if you if you if if you like Minnesota to win their division, um, whether they're favored in that, you figure they're going to make the playoffs. I think twelve to one is 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 around where they should be. I think yeah. there's a little bit of value there. I don't think they're, I don't think they're a whole lot further back than the Rams or Eagles who are. No. Nah. Front of them, so no. uh, in the betting, so um, yeah, I, I like that price. Yeah, no, I, I just think um, obviously because the NFC is so difficult, I think it's just worth trying to prey on that the, the you know, Patriots aren't like what you say; they're not what they were. The dynasty is kind of going down, down in in its twilight zone. I just think they're there to be shot at, and you can still get a good value because everyone, you know, it's the name, isn't it? Everyone, all the bookies and all the all yeah. the punters are just going to take the Patriots, so it's kind of just skewing the. The betting outlook for a little bit, and I just think Chargers. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of others in there. I don't really like Pittsburgh this year. I think their defense might struggle, um, but there's certainly a couple of there you yeah. can probably t- just take a, a, a shot at and just hope that it's uh, this is the year that Patriots kind of fall. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually good advice because um, it feels like for years it's been either New England and then the, the sort of dark horse pick from the AFC is people saying Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. The problem is New England always beats Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Yeah. So. You, you need to find someone else that's going to knock off New England. And, uh, yeah, maybe that could be the Chargers. Uh, maybe that could be, who knows, J- Jacksonville. That could be Houston. Yeah. Well, Jacksonville um, Jacksonville were one, like, a couple of minutes away from, from going to the Super Bowl last season. They should, they, and, and, you know, they, were, they should have done, really. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, so, I mean, it, it's looking for that sort of value there. Uh, and then even, even 
someone like Houston uh, when they're healthy. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. see what, what we'll see what they can do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't be betting on uh, New England to win Super Bowl, especially that five to one. No, no, absolutely not. Okay, so before before we move on to maybe fantasy football or anything, is there any other kind of NFC North storylines that you like? Uh, yeah, so I mean, we've already sort of spoken about the Kirk Cousins being the big storyline for Minnesota this year. Uh, can he live up to that $84 million contract uh, guaranteed? Uh, how much of an upgrade will he be over the other three quarterbacks that they had um, previously to, the, to that? Um, in terms of other things, the Packers, certainly there's going to be a Aaron Rodgers revenge storyline against the Vikings. I think that's week two that they face each other. So we'll see what uh, what they have there in store for the Vikings. Um, the Bears are kind of the, the sneaky team, I think, in the NFC North this year, uh, which Mitch Trubisky to see how big of a step up he can he can do, and then there's sort of revamped offense with the likes of Allen Robinson. So um, see how much improvement there is on the Bears side of things, uh, and then the Lions with Matt Patricia coming over as the head coach. Mm-hmm. So um, historically, uh, any coaches under the the Bill Belichick tree, as great of a coach as Belichick has been. Um, the actual coaches that leave from underneath him have not fared too well. No. Um, likes of Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cronell are the first two that popped in my mind. So we'll see what he can do with the with the Lions. Uh, there's a fair bit of work to do there, especially on the defensive side of things. Mm. So yeah, those are kind of the kind of, kind of the big ones uh, coming out of here. Uh, um, yeah, it's interesting now with with the division uh, in terms of I sort of see it. I mean, it, I can spin around and ask you. It, Besides Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously the, the top quarterback in that division, where, where would you rank the other three starters? So, yeah, obviously I have Rodgers first. So I would probably, um, I mean, from an NFL standpoint, I would, I would, I suppose, oh, that's, I mean, it's a close one between Stafford and Cousins, really. I mean, Stafford is always just your yardage yeah. and your, you know, Mr. Tough Guy, and he's reliable as they come. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he hasn't really had much experience of postseason, and I think that the game that he did, uh, or certainly, you know, there was that, that Week 17 game against the Giants when he's playing for the Redskins that, you know, if it was it was a winning in type of situation, then he kind of crumbled. So it'd be interesting to see, actually, when the, yeah. the Vikings get to the playoffs, how kind of Cousins, you know, has he learned from that at all? Or, you know, can he can he handle that? You know, obviously, that's why he's got the money uh, as well, because obviously the Vikings believe that yeah. he can. So, I, I mean, I would probably go Stafford over Cousins. Um, just just on, again, he's just comfortable with with the Lions. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what you know what you're going to get. I think I think with Cousins, it's there's still a bit of a question mark for me there. And again, he's not really a guy I've ever kind of t- pay too much attention on Cousins and obviously Mitch Trubisky's the the up-and-comer I think you'll see a, a great deal of improvement uh, out of him I think John Fox kind of bored him to death last season so hopefully Matt Nagy and that offense in general can be a bit different be a bit more spread and a bit more exotic and, and get more mm-hmm. easy completions for Mitch Trubisky but I think he, a lot of people are kind of disregarding him a little bit obviously on last season's uh, I mean it wasn't really even a, he wasn't really a quarterback was he he was just a, either a runner no. or a runner or a handoffer yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a fair ass- assessment. I think in certainly in a fantasy realm, I would rather take Stafford over Cousins. I think yeah. uh, when it comes to real life football, yeah. I think there's always that cloud above Stafford in the sense that he can't beat a winning team when it matters. Mm. Um, not that Cousins has necessarily proven that he can, mm. but I think Stafford so far has proven that he cannot. So um, that's sort of the difference there, and then Trubisky is obviously the young up and comer. So we'll see what we'll see what he has in store. Yeah, I mean, but, um, yeah, Rogers is clearly the, the king of that division. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me for Stafford as well is they've never really had a running game 
uh, over the last couple of years. So you know, no. they've, they've, Stafford's always had the yardage. He's always always had the completions uh, and that kind of percentage in the rating. But when they get to like the red zone or the ten zone, they can't really run the ball in. So kind of like Atlanta were last season, get all the yardage in the world mm-hmm. and they just can't can't bang it in. But they, they you know, Amir Abdullah's never got it done. Theoretic has been okay for PPR kind of stuff. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they kind of do with Legarrette Blunt and uh, draft pick Kieran Johnson there. That's quite an interesting backfield. Yeah, the, I mean, to be, to be honest, I don't, I don't ever remember the Lions ever having a good, good backfield since I've been following football. I think mm. since Barry Sanders left and retired yeah. on them, I don't think they've they've been able to find anybody. No. And I feel sort of bad for them. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm not sure if this year is the answer either. I think I think it is very much one of those teams where Stafford has to has to carry the load, and he's been doing as much as he can. But, um, you know, and eventually at some point you, you sort of peter out there. So. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to fantasy football then. So, obviously, I've played in with you in a couple of leagues. I always fear playing you, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not not, not <laughs> to <laughs> not to give any way, uh, any cards away, or you know, I should keep them close to my chest, really. But I, I kind of, whenever I whenever we're in the same league, I always kind of circle yours. Just I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why it is, but um, might be might be might be your <laughs> might be your accent. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> are there any any players that you really like this year that you're reaching on, or is you know, any trends? Have you done any mock drafting at all? Um, I think it's a bit too early for me to be doing mock drafting. I tend to start that sort of uh, it's never too early. The calendar month turns to August, but <laughs> but um, I'm not going to give too much away because obviously you know you and I are in a league together. We are. But, um, I'll give, a, I'll give a, a, a couple little stats here just as sort of general, more general tips. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll turn this around and ask you this question and see, see if you know the answer. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me there's only been one tight end uh, in the last two seasons who's recorded at least seven touchdowns in these, each of the past two seasons? Just the last two seasons? Uh, mm-hmm. Seven touchdowns a season. Okay, so it's not going to be. It can't be the obvious one being Gronk, and I don't think Kelsey no. Kelsey had any either. Mm, I would go seven touchdowns. No, I don't know. No, go on. Uh, do you want me to, I, uh, I, I, so he's been mentioned a few times uh, in this podcast. It's uh, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Oh, okay, yeah. I did. I did wonder if you're going that way. I did, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> leading the witness a little bit yeah. and he's had five in the last three uh at least five in, over the last three seasons mm. so he's a guy i think he's i think he's ranked at least on espn i think quarter or uh, tight end uh, eight or nine something yeah. like that i think i think he's the top five uh tight end especially with with cousins there who likes to throw the tight ends mm. um cousins is one of the top quarterbacks for uh, in terms of attempts at tight ends over the last three years yeah so there's gonna be a lot more targets coming to rudolph this year um so i do like him as a bit of a tight end sleeper nice uh, and then just sort of a kind of a, a, a general tip, uh, I say to those um, maybe maybe the new to fantasy. Um, of course, this sort of depends on what your scoring is like, but I would just say to to wait on quarterbacks. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, yep. but um, I just find that there's a lot of depth uh, in terms of even though in real football they say, oh, you know, the quarterback depth is horrible. You look at this past year; it was in the in the, in the conference finals. It was Keenum, Foles, uh, well, Brady's obviously, you know one of the greatest but then Bortles um, oh, help me out here Red Blake Bortles Bortles like mm. Blake Bortles yeah so I mean you look at three of the four there and how they've taken their teams that far um, but in fantasy it's not a world of difference and I think you can you can wait unless unless you have Aaron Rodgers sitting there in front of you mm. um, I don't think there's a huge world of difference between mm. uh, you know the, the 
the seventh ranked quarterback and the twelfth ranked quarterback. No, it I'm, might be worth waiting to pick up pick up those type of positions to fill. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much a late quarterback kind of guy. Uh, usually second second to last or last pick of of, of my draft. Blake Blake Bortles was the the king of garbage time a couple of years ago, but uh, you know you necessarily you don't you don't have to have a good quarterback to have, to put up good you know, quarterback numbers. Just look at you know Tyrod Taylor's another prime example. But I'm I'm very much an advocate of late quarterback, late tight end as well. And again, I agree. Kyle Rudolph is one. I'd, ra- I'd much rather have Kyle Rudolph in the eighth or ninth round rather than Jimmy Graham in the sixth. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, Jimmy Graham actually is one we haven't we haven't touched on the NFC North. Um, yeah, I don't really know how much is left there for him. Um, you know that that was their big splashy move. Yeah. Um, but I would, in terms of fantasy, I think I'm going to be staying away from him. Yeah. And I hope in real life he does nothing, just as a Vikings fan. So yeah, no, no, I'm a very much uh, load up on wide receiver and running back first, maybe five or six. I mean, if if you've got Aaron Rodgers there sitting you late in the third round, then I'll, I'll probably pull the trigger. But again, like I say, the, the difference between a, uh, a quarterback one. Uh, to a quarterback 12 is, is not a great deal of points week to week, but, you know, a, a wide receiver yeah. one to a wide receiver, you know, a fourth or fifth wide receiver can be, you know, boom or bust, and it's just, it can be a, can be a nightmare. And same as tight ends, really. Once you get to about eight, nine, or ten, the, the pickings are actually quite slim. So you're either taking an, an early pick in the early rounds, which I don't really like, you know, taking your Gronks, your Kelsies, and your Ertzies. I just rather, I'd much rather take two yeah. two towards the end. So maybe like, you know, Vance McDonald or, you know, I'm not going to give any too, too many names away, but I'd, I'd rather pick two than and yeah. kind of... Yeah. <laughs> One 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 tight end I do really like this year actually. And I'm not quite sure why. I probably have to, I need to do a bit more reading on. Is David Njoku? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that could be a good one too. Ty, yeah. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor loves a tight um, end. Obviously, he made Charles Clay relevant for a little while, but um, yeah, I just think. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, David Njoku could be um, decent. No, I think I think you're right. I think we sort of have the same strategy here. I think um, it's it's much tougher to find those those. Um, Diamonds in the rough at uh, yeah. wide receiver, and especially at running back later on in the, in the draft. So, I mean, this was a few years ago, but the the logic was always the best way to go about it is just go running back one, running back two, with your mm. first two picks. Um, yeah. The league's moving a little bit away from that now. I mean, this was sort of the strategy seven, eight years ago, but it's still, I think, if you just go running back, running back, it's not a bad way to start your draft. Yeah. Uh, of course, it depends on the scoring. It depends where you're drafting, but yeah. um, that's yeah. never a bad rule of thumb. Yeah. Is there any, any players you avoid? Um, just in a general sense, I try to avoid guys which with a huge kind of variance to, to what they can do. So meaning a uh, very low uh, floor, but a high ceiling. Yeah. So it is these sort of boom or bust sort of guys. I'd rather have guys where I, I pretty much know what I'm going to get uh, more or less on a week to week basis. Yeah. Um, as opposed to these these wide variance guys, because this could be one of those weeks and, and you sit this guy. I mean, the, the master of this used to be Deshaun Jackson. Uh, he yeah. was, you know, he, he would explode one week and then he would do three weeks of nothing. Yeah. And you know that that week where he explodes, he just happens to be on your bench because you were sick of him because he did he, he got you five points over the three weeks yeah, previous just, to that. So yeah, Deshaun yeah. Deshaun Jackson's they're, one of those. Frustrating ones. He's one of those where you, you, when you go to do your team and you put him in, you wince a little bit because you're thinking, oh my god, I'm putting Deshaun yes. Jackson. In. But then at the start of the season yeah, when you're yeah. drafting him, you think, oh yeah, he'll he'll be all right. He'll be he'll, he'll be solid. And I I, I I usually have Deshaun Jackson in my teams, and he's the guy that I actually like this season. I thought it was a bit unlucky last season, um, but I, yeah, I, I think he he'll, again it'll be the same this season. I'll, I'll draft him, and then I'll go. It'll be like a, ma- a massive uh, exodus of bye week teams. I'll put Deshaun Jackson in my flex, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to lose this week. 
Yeah, you just sort of light a candle, say a prayer, close yeah. your eyes, and start them. And, and, uh, I do that every see, see what happens. There. I, I, I do that. So, I do that every week with whatever team I put out, anyway. But um. <laughs> exactly, and it, it, the thing you, you look at the numbers at the end of the year, and you're like, oh, Jackson had a pretty good year. Yeah, but. Um, it just it comes down to he had a good year in four or five weeks of the year, mm. and then the rest uh, he gave you nothing. So yeah. I try and avoid those types of players uh, yeah. best I can. Yeah. So I, I assume you're not a Stefan Diggs person this year or a Tyreek Hill type guy. Well, no, and that's and that's what I was saying before. Um, same sort of example with Diggs. Uh, I just find them. In terms of an actual football fan, I love watching Diggs, but in mm. terms of owning a fantasy, it's it's just too stressful for me. Mm. I can't I can't put up with that. So okay. I need a little a little bit of I mean, you know, an example, a guy with sort of a, a higher floor but a lower ceiling, I think, um, in on in a running back position is someone like a Devontae Freeman. Yeah. I think you sort of know what you're gonna get and he's, you know, borderline running back one, but maybe a high end running back two. Mm. But that's the type of guy that I love to have guys like that on my team. Yeah. So, so yeah, obviously Diggs and Diggs and Thielen are pr- pretty much going exactly the same spot in uh, in fantasy drafts. So I, I suppose yeah, you'd be a Thielen guy over Diggs. Well, I, I'd, I'd be a Thielen guy, but the, the 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 problem with Thielen is he doesn't quite have the pedigree. He has the one good year with a different True. quarterback. True. But typically, yes, the, the especially if you're playing PPR, he's going to get the receptions. He might not get the touchdowns that Diggs does, but if no. he's getting targeted more, he's getting more receptions, yeah. probably more yards. I'll go with him. And the, the professional that I am, Mika, that's, that's a great – the only reason I brought Thielen up is because I have a game for you with uh, concerning Adam Thielen. Um, so okay. I obviously didn't tell you about this either. So I've got uh, Adam Thielen is the, is the guy, and I'm going to give you some other some other guys as well. And I'm going to tell you the stat, and then you've got to tell me who has more of that stat. So I've got um, receiving yards and receptions. I've got three for each, and then you okay. just tell me you just tell me which one you think had the more uh, the more of either. So I will give you. Okay. Uh, so the first three be yards. Uh, Adam Thielen mm-hmm. or Tyreek Hill? Sorry, is this last season? Last season, yep. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with Thielen. Correct. Yep. Not very nice. What was uh, the difference there? Uh, the difference was 93, 93 yards. 93 oh, yards. Well, yeah. very close. Okay. Very okay. Uh, Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas? This is still for yards, you're saying? Yeah, yeah still for yards. Last season. Uh, Thielen or Michael Thomas? I'm going to go with Thomas. Ooh, no, uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, was a difference okay. of uh, 32 yards there. So, oh wow, okay. it's a bit a bit tough that one, but I, I I like to I like people getting questions wrong. So, uh, <laughs> last one, <laughs> last one for yards. Uh, Adam Thielen or Larry Fitzgerald? Oh my god, um, jeez. I'll give you. I can give you the difference if you like. Good year. I'll give. You, I can give you the difference in yardage if that helps. Okay, sure. Yeah. So the difference was 120 yards. Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna go feeling. Yeah, that would be correct. Yeah, that'd be correct. All right, good. Yeah, very good. Two out of three. Okay, so the next one is receptions. Uh, I've got Adam Thielen mm-hmm. or Julio Jones. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go feeling. Yeah, that would be correct. Yeah, I won't give you the differences because these are all quite close. Uh, I'll give you yeah. I'll give you them afterwards. Uh, Adam Thielen or Doug Baldwin. I'm gonna go. Doug Baldwin on this, and Baldwin's another guy I like in fantasy. But I'm going to go Baldwin. Uh, that is uh, Adam Thielen was the the higher one there, but yeah, I also like Doug Baldwin uh, this season, especially in PPR. He's overlooked quite a bit. Uh, yeah. And then to yeah, round yeah. to round off round off our little game, uh, Adam Thielen or Golden Tate? Uh, 
this is so tough. I mean, they've all been Thielen so far, so I'm going to stick with the trend and say Thielen. <laughs> no, so okay, that was Golden Tate by one. <laughs> oh damn! Okay. But, uh, very good we effort. Got, no, very good effort. Very good effort. Um, well, I, I couldn't answer your. I couldn't even answer the simple question of who scored five touchdowns at tight end over the last two seasons. So yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. That's, that's a tough one, though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much. Um, yeah. I don't think many people would have guessed Rudolph. So. No, but I, I knew it wasn't one of the big ones. So I was just trying to think. Obviously, I knew pretty much last seasons. Um, I was just trying to establish the the season before. I couldn't. I couldn't remember if Carl Rudolph was a bit nicked up the season before. Um, it might mm, be in the yeah, season. he generally stays pretty pretty healthy, so yeah. that's another reason why I like him. Yeah, uh, the other the one I thought obviously Jimmy Graham I think had it last season, but I know he didn't have it two seasons ago. But uh, yeah, I was just trying to see if there was maybe someone lurking. But um, yeah, I should have guessed Carl Rudolph. It's a Vikings it's a Vikings podcast after mm-hmm. all. So. Okay, so let's get let's get go. you out let's get you out in this one then, uh, Mika. Uh, if if American football no longer existed tomorrow, what would your Sundays like kind of consist of? Oh geez, what was um. Well, it, it, it's less impactful living over here than it is at home, because at home it is very much uh, 1 o'clock to about 11 o'clock mm. uh, on Sundays. Uh, it is very much the full day. Yeah. Um, here, of course, it would still impact my Sunday evenings. I think from a fantasy point of view, I would just focus more on baseball. Um, okay. I think if I needed my fix on American football, I would maybe just start following the CFL. Again, <laughs> that's one of these things I would... I would uh, close my eyes and just sort of follow it. The same <laughs> way you uh, you just hope for the best when you put Deshaun Watson in a lineup. Mm. Hope that it, hope that I like it. Um, but yeah, it would be devastating, and I, I don't really like to think of a world world like that. So no. let's uh, no. let's move on. Um, <laughs> um, you can get if you want to get in touch with Mika, you can get him on Twitter uh, at NextBestBet. Uh, Miko, it's been an absolute yes. pleasure having you on, and hopefully, you say if you're over this way, over in uh, sunny Scotland, anytime soon, let me know, and we'll we'll catch up and go and get a beer. Amazing. Thanks so much, Tim. Go on. You take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. That was Mika Packer there. Thank you so much to him for joining us. And if you you wanted to get in touch with him on social media, it's at NextBestBet. Whilst we're on the subject of social media, again, you can get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards. We, uh, I was very happy that we managed to get over 200 followers over the weekend. So thank you, one and all, for joining us. Uh, and if you haven't seen it already, uh, there's a little post, there's a little video on there. Best about a minute long. Um, I don't really know how to describe it, actually. It's part showcasing my love for the NFL. Uh, it's part just being a buffoon. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's just basically me jumping out of a, do- a doorway. Uh, with loads of different types of NFL shirts on and then just some funny, funny little goofball bits in there as well. So I very much recommend you check that out. Uh, get in touch with us on the show, like I say, at Full10Yards. Full10Yards uh, at gmail.com is the email address. Still looking for people to join the Hexa League. So if you are a big NFL fantasy football fan, looking to raise some funds for some teams over here. And we're also going to be doing some competitions like last man standing competitions. Um, we're going to be doing pick'em competitions. And when the season comes over to us, which is over just over a month away now, we'll probably do a, kind of a competition which looks at, you know, kind of best bets for the week on maybe on the spread. Um, kind of like the super contest that, um, that is quite well marketed over in the States. And I think SpreadX or something do something similar over here. But we'll, we'll do a little competition. So if you're interested in that, keep your eyes peeled on our social media. But that's going to do it for this this episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Please rate, subscribe, review, share. 
so that everyone else can enjoy my dulcet tones. Been the great words of Kevin Cadle. It's bye bye for now. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.